Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of As Of Yet Unnamed. This is Head to Head Episode 3, where we actually have a horror movie theme this time. Since it's October, we decided to just do a horror movie theme for this episode. And the movie I've picked this time is 28 Days Later. And this movie came out in 2002. Uh, it was directed by Danny Boyle. It was written by Alex Garland, and it stars Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Christopher Eccleston, Brendan Gleeson, and Megan Burns. And this is basically like a uh, zombie movie, uh, basically where there's a scenario that there's this like virus uh, that breaks out and infects the human population that comes from like apes and Basically, it really spreads pretty quickly, and in the movie, it basically shows how the uh, the world is 28 days after the initial spread. So we have this main character named Jim, who's played by Killian Murphy, and it's kind of shown through his perspective how uh, he wakes up in a hospital 28 days, about four weeks after the infection spreads. And joins this group of survivors and they kind of try to find this like military group to try to kind of get protection. It's kind of their journey on, uh, you know, their way to find this military group. And then after they find this group, they find their compound. And then it, it kind of turns out that it's not really all that it seems that the group is actually kind of like, they, they're actually set up as the antagonists. So it turns out this military group is kind of like, they're kind of the bad guys and uh, not everything is what it seems. Killian, basically, uh, Jim, he has to end up rescuing the other two women in the group. And overall, I really like this movie. I actually saw it for the first time in high school, like 11, 12 years ago. I'm getting up, getting up there in age, you know. <laughs> but uh, we, yeah, we actually saw this together here in the basement uh, in high school. But I didn't remember it like super well, but I remember really liking it, so that's why I kind of picked it this time. And yeah, it it really holds up well. I think uh, I really enjoy it. It's just a really well-made movie. I think uh, there's some really good cinematography. Like uh, at the beginning where the, sh the scene where Jim wakes up in the hospital and then walks around uh, a, like a deserted London was like really cool. Just the way it's shot, it really does feel like a post-apocalyptic like world. You know, the streets are deserted and there's like a, an overtu overturned like double-decker bus. And there's like trash in the, sh in the streets. Uh, that was all really cool. Uh, the story is really good, like it's pretty well paced. It's just like an interesting idea. It sets up the post-apocalyptic world really well. Like there's some really cool world building where like uh, it shows how they kind of collect water uh, from like rain, you know, uh, like for like drinking water. The military compound is also like pretty cool. If, the, if there was a real world scenario like apocalyptic scenario i could imagine like there being like a military group that kind of uh holds up somewhere and uh, has like uh you know um build they build like a perimeter and uh they would have like 
uh, mines or something to prevent infected from coming in. So that was all really cool. Yeah, overall, just it's a really entertaining, well-written movie that I really enjoyed. So what, what do you think about it? Yeah, this is also a movie that I really enjoy. I remember from the first time I watched it, I think I watched it once before we watched it. And then I said, hey, we should definitely watch this because it's really good. It's always been a movie that's like stood out in my memory. It's like pretty much at this point since it's been out, what, 21 years now, 22 years now. I would definitely say it's like one of like the classic zombie movies at this point up there with like, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, like the the founding fathers of the zombie like idea as we know it today. This is the movie that introduced the world to like fast zombies, which is like the modern kind of take on zombies that's oversaturated a little bit at this point, you know, where they run, you know, they're not just slow shambling masses. It's like, you know, very quick. They're agile. And they'll, like, really chase you down. And this was kind of the movie, as far as I know, that, like, really brought that as, like, an idea that really caught on after the movie came out. But overall, I do really like it. Like you said, the cinematography is really good. Like, the open opening sweeping shots of London, setting up just how, you know, deserted it is. Jim wakes up from... He's been in a coma, essentially, since before the infection broke out. He said he was, like, a bicycle courier and he got hit by a car so he's been in the hospital so you wake up with him and it really does a good job of setting up like how different the world is from what you would expect it to be like just how deserted everything is uh with lots of good cinematography i really like the soundtrack they use a godspeed you black emperor song in the beginning that really sets a good tone uh like i said i think i told you before we start recording, Danny Boyle has gone on record and said that he like made this movie with that Godspeed album like in mind. That was like the soundtrack to the movie while he was making it. And I feel like a lot of the music that they use throughout the movie is in the similar vein to that Godspeed track. Lots of like airy, kind of minimalistic guitar and like very ambient, like atmospheric, like tension building music that I feel like goes really well with the what's happening on the screen. I feel like Jim goes through a pretty good character arc. Uh, you see, like, all the stages of him coming to accept the world as it is now. Like, he starts out in disbelief and he goes to find his parents only to find out they killed themselves. And it, sh- it has his arc of him growing to, like, come to terms with things as they are. And I especially liked towards the end in the military compound house when things really kind of you know, break down and Jim escapes and comes back to rescue the women. Lots of like the, the like the Dutch angles and like low shot, uh, like scenes and stuff really give like a, like a, like frenetic pace to that ending sequence. And I especially liked at the end where kind of the whole theme of the movie has been that the humans are the bad guys. Like obviously the military guys are like the antagonists of the movie, but like, you know, the humans at the beginning are shown to have been, like, experimenting on these apes, and then that's caused the virus to get out. And the military guys are, have their own self-interest in mind. So there's, like, this theme of, like, battling between, you know, like, like, uh, like family, like, kind of togetherness with uh, Jim and Selena and Frank and his daughter Hannah. Like, they kind of find peace with each other that's then, you know destroyed by this military group has their own self-interest in mind and at the end it kind of brings that whole thing full circle where 
that portrays Jim as one of the infected. Like, the way that the infected have been portrayed throughout the movie is the way you see Jim in that final sequence as he's running through the house and everything. And I thought that really kind of brought everything full circle in, like, a really nice way uh, to show that really, you know, the, the, the enemy is yourself, essentially, as, like, people. Like, that's the true enemy. And that's kind of always been the good hallmark of, like, a good zombie movie, in my opinion. Like, the, the Of the Dead movies... It kind of really started that idea that the people are the problem, not the zombies. The zombies are always kind of like just a backdrop for like character interaction and drama and conflict and everything. Uh, and that's kind of the approach this movie takes. Mm. And overall, I just feel like it's a really well made, really well written, and with a really well directed movie that I think will probably stand the test of time, even going forward. Yeah, that's cool. I I didn't think about that, how uh, Jim at the end does kind of act like one of the infected. And yeah, I guess in the end, like, I mean, I guess the zombies are technically like an antagonist in the movie, but I guess really, like you said, it's people that are the bad guys. It, yeah. The infected are basically just people like down at their like basest instincts. You know, yeah. without any any delusions of, you know, like, humanity. They're just acting on pure instinct. But they're still people when you really boil it down. Yeah. That's the way people act. They just put on, like, an air of, you know, being above it. Even though they would... There's people in the world that would be willing to, you know, backstab you for nothing. Yeah. They might not, you know, run at you screaming with blood coming out of their eyes. <laughs> yeah. But the, they'll do you dirty just the same in a different way. Mm, yeah that's interesting also i i liked how there was this theme of kind of like like family i guess because uh jim you know he meets uh selena frank and hannah and they kind of form this bond and then selena in particular i think goes through like a sort of a character arc where at the beginning she's very kind of like just trying to survive, just kind of, uh, she has her own kind of self-interest, like, she said, like, if, you know, someone gets infected, like, she won't hesitate to kill them, even if it's someone she cares about or whatever, but, like, as the movie progresses, you see her kind of forming, like, a human connection with, like, the other people, uh, in their little group. Eventually, she kind of, I think, like, changes her viewpoint on that. And uh, at the end, also, Jim, like, goes, kind of goes back to rescue um, Hannah and, and Selena, which uh, I guess is it, it was, like, a good sort of callback to what she said earlier. Like, uh, where she said she wouldn't, like, you know, she wouldn't have done that. Like, she wouldn't come back to rescue anyone if if they were infected or anything. And he even kind of references that. He said, like, that was longer than a heartbeat when he, uh, like, comes back to rescue her. Yeah. So that was, that was, like, a good kind of, like, theme in the movie. And, yeah, again, like, the, with the cinematography, along with that opening scene with Jim waking up, like, throughout the movie, there's, like, cool shots of them just, like, driving on the road like sweeping shots of them like driving along uh the road which just like looked really cool and it's just like a 
good-looking, well-shot movie. And one of the themes I also like that uh, it kind of sets up more towards the like the last third of the movie is that you know despite how bad everything is, there's always hope for like the future, and that's kind of portrayed through like the the little the, the little family unit they form, and then also right when it's at the very worst where uh, Jim has been like taken out to be executed by the soldiers and he manages to escape, he like f- escapes and looks up in the sky and sees like a plane flying overhead. To show that things maybe aren't quite as bad as they seem. And then the movie wraps up with them, you know, managing to make like a big sign to to flag down like a jet that's flying overhead. Showing that the world is still going on. There's still people out there. They're not like the only people left. And, you know, just the fact that this jet is flying, it's obviously going back to somewhere. So somewhere something is going on that, you know, is working for the betterment. And it's not all just, you know, gone to shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I really like that shot where, like, uh, Jim sees the plane flying overhead. Because it's like, oh, dang, like, what? Who who's flying that plane? I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. Because uh, so far, you've kind of been led to believe it's, like, you know, a post-apocalyptic world where, like, everything's kind of in ruins. But, like... Yeah, that was kind of like, oh, well, maybe there's, like, some hope. Uh, and I also really like the ending, because uh, it is kind of an optimistic ending. Like, uh, they, you know, they're trying to get kind of some help. And uh, you see another plane fly overhead. Yeah, it was just kind of like a, just an optimistic feeling kind of ending, which I liked. Yeah, they had set up, like, the idea that the infected would eventually starve to death. And there's like a sweeping POV shot from the jet as it's flying over. And it shows like some infected like, uh, they're like dying on the ground because they haven't eaten in so long. Yeah. So it kind of sets up this idea that this was just a temporary thing. And, you know, all the infected are dying out and people will be able to rebuild. Which I feel like is a very positive ending for a movie like this. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like, I really like the ending. It feels like it wraps up everything that the movie's trying to say. Both like thematically and narratively, it all like really comes together there in that ending scene, and really just like ties everything up with like a bow on top, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised there's a sequel. Oh, like yeah. I feel like that ending is like so succinct that to me there doesn't feel like there's a need for a sequel. I assume it happened just because this movie did so well. They felt yeah. like they needed to make a sequel, but narratively, I don't feel like there's any need for it. Hmm. The is the the sequel is like in the same world but like with different characters. Yeah, twenty eight weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen the sequel in a long time, probably since high school. Uh-huh. I, I think I remember watching it around the same time I watched this, and I was much less impressed. Uh-huh. And I don't think I ever brought it up to watch for you to watch it because I really just didn't like it as much. Mm-hmm. But from what I remember, yeah, none of the characters come back. It's like a completely different set of characters in a different place um i can't remember if it's still in like the uk i think it might be in the u.s i can't remember but yeah it's 28 weeks later like the tile implies yeah. so apparently it wasn't so hopeful oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> maybe next we'll make a 28 months later <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I also, uh, 
Yeah, I agree with your point about the music in the movie. I really liked it. Uh, it like the um, th them using East Hastings. I thought was pretty cool uh, from Godspeed uh, at the beginning. Uh, that really it like fit with the movie, and uh, just throughout there was it was like kind of minimal rock music. A lot of it like um, a lot of guitar and. Um, yeah, it just sounded good and kind of just fit with, like, the post-apocalyptic theme, I thought. Yeah. I feel like the score really did a good job of, like, setting the atmosphere. Yeah. Like, when you combine that with the cinematography, it really creates, like, a very, like, like distinct atmosphere. Like, you can really tell the feeling that they were going for with it. Mm -hmm. It really comes through. Yeah, and also the uh, scene at the end where... Jim comes back to the compound to rescue Selena and Hannah. I thought that there was some pretty cool cinematography there too. Because like the whole time it's like pouring rain. And I just thought that looked pretty cool. And like fit the mood of the movie. Yeah. And that's also kind of a callback because like you said it, it set up very early in the movie when Jim and Selena first meet up with Frank and Hannah that they're collecting water in the, the jugs and containers on their roof of their apartment building. And Frank says something like, it hadn't rained in 10 days, because we can't stay here, we're out of water. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, two days later, it pours. Yeah. <laughs> it almost it almost feels like, you know, if they could have just made it two more days, none of this would have even happened. They could have just stayed where they were at. Yeah. Huh, that's true. Yeah, they should have probably just stayed there, to be honest. <laughs> uh, one thing I definitely got re-watching this movie nowadays is, um, I know a game that I like and you like a lot, Left 4 Dead. I very much feel the influence of this movie on that game. Just yeah. in terms of like a lot of the settings in the game and the zombies, obviously, feel right out of the movie. Yeah. You just like the tone of the game and everything feels like it was very much inspired by this movie. Like the developers saw the movie and were like, we want to turn that into a video game. Yeah. Just like I said, I think this movie's just been very influential on like modern zombie, you know, entertainment as a whole. With like Left 4 Dead being like the most prominent example I can think of. Yeah, that's true. I think I had that thought watching the movie too. Like th this kind of reminds me of like Left 4 Dead a little bit. Uh, with like the four person group and the fast zombies and yeah like i i definitely see how this movie would uh have influenced a lot of stuff also like like zombie land a little bit i can see like that's a very different movie but like the fast zombie thing like this movie definitely like started that and that's in zombie land and that has a group of four survivors so yeah yeah, I think a lot of the modern zombie tropes definitely like started here. I feel like. Yeah, one thing I wanted to mention was like this isn't like directly related to the movie, but Danny Boyle, who directed this movie, uh, he I saw I was like reading his Wikipedia page, and he also directed this movie called Yesterday, which was released a few years ago, which like I watched it on a, an airplane once. And it's about, it's like a completely different movie about like, it's like a comedy about a guy who wakes up in a world where like the Beatles don't exist. Yeah, I, I never saw, I remember that movie. Yeah. I never saw it. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize it was a Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. Uh, and like he, um, he just writes the songs that the Beatles wrote 
and gets famous from that because like no one knows the Beatles yeah. in the world that world and like I mean it's not a great movie like <laughs> it's kind of average but it's just kind of crazy to me that the same person directed that movie and this movie yeah I think if I'm not mistaken I think the big thing he was known for before this movie was Train Spotting. Oh, which yeah. is uh, supposed to be really good. I, it's something that's on my watch list, watch list that I've never gotten around to watching, but I've only heard great things about train spotting. Hmm. Other than the fact that it's like really depressing, yeah, <laughs> realistic look at like heroin addiction, <laughs> but it's a good movie. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I've heard that's good too. It's just crazy to think about him going, yeah, from making movies like that or this to to yesterday. Yeah. Such a strange, like, jump. <laughs> right. A lot happened in those 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so uh, we're going to wrap up this part of the episode with the ratings for 28 Days Later. And it has a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. It has an 87% tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes and an 85% audience score. And it has exactly a 3.5 out of 5 on Rate Your Music. And for me, yeah, I really like this movie a lot. Uh, it's, I mean, I would say it's one of my favorite horror movies. I, I haven't seen like a ton of horror movies. I'm not a huge horror fan. But this is like easily one of the best ones I've seen. And uh, honestly, I don't even have like any like major complaints with it. I just think it's really well made. So I'm going to go with like an 8.6 out of 10. Really solid score. Yeah, the only um, thing if I was going to like detract anything from the movie, I would just, I feel like, it uh, borrows heavily, like it wears its influence on its sleeve. Like mm. watching this movie, I see a lot of like the George Romero zombie movies, uh, like a lot of classic horror movies. I feel the influence really like shine in this movie. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. It's just I, I can see like what the movie's drawing from. But mm. overall, it's like just a great watch, really well made. Uh, something I feel like you know I I I want to rewatch. It's not like a one and done. Like it has staying power. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I would probably also give it around like an eight and a half. Hmm. Just a just a really really solid horror movie. Yeah, nice. We agree, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the first one we've agreed on so far. Yeah. All right, and for my pick for this episode of Head to Head, I chose Dawn of the Dead, uh, continuing with the zombie theme that Parth got with Twenty Eight Days Later. This was released in nineteen seventy eight. The original, we're not talking about the remake, obviously. Uh, it was directed by George A. Romero and written by George A. Romero. And it stars David Imge, Ken Forey, Scott H. Reiniger, and Galen Ross as the main characters. And this is considered like the all-time classic zombie movie. Uh, like Set the formula, the stage for countless movies to follow. Very influential in horror and zombie media. And it's one of my personal all-time favorite horror movies. The basic plot is that, uh, you know, the zombie apocalypse is happening at the beginning of the movie. And it kind of shows, like, the breakdown of society a little bit. And it follows a group of four people basically just trying to survive. Uh, Steven and his girlfriend, uh, Fran, 
Francine, and then uh, military buddies Peter and uh, Roger. And it basically just follows them as they try to escape all the chaos that's unfolding, and they eventually like take up residence in a shopping mall. And the story is, follows them, like, you know, trying to survive in this shopping mall, essentially. And I really like this movie, uh, mainly because the zombies aren't really the main focus of the movie. They're, like, the cause of all the conflict. But the movie shows that, like, with, you know, like, a little bit of coordination and teamwork, the zombies are, like, barely a threat. Like, uh, which is exemplified in, like, a scene towards the very end when like a group of raiders comes to like raid the shopping mall they're like literally running circles around the zombies and like throwing pies in their faces <laughs> and stuff and uh so it really shows that like the main conflict in the movie is just other people like the other survivors and it really sets this up early there's like a scene early on that shows the military raiding an apartment building that they think has infected people in it and, you know, all, all like, the military guys, there's, like, racist guys, and they're just gunning down civilians, like, nonchalantly and, like, making, like, a game out of it, essentially. And then later, when the raiders show up, the, the one that it shows first is wearing, like, a helmet that's got, like, actual Nazi symbology on it. So it's supposed to depict these guys as, you know, the antagonists of the movie, not necessarily the zombies. And I really just like, like, the group dynamic between the four main characters. I feel like... There's not a whole bunch of depth to their characters, but you do learn, like, who they are as people uh, as the movie develops. You don't know a lot about them from before when the movie starts. They don't really flesh out their background, but I feel like they play off each other really well. And uh, I think David Emge, who plays Steven, he's, like, amazing. He's like, steals the show as far as acting goes, in my opinion. And it's just really entertaining. Uh, I love the special effects. Like, for 1978, this is, like, cutting-edge special effects. It's all practical, no CGI, and I, I love practical effects uh, over CGI, even if sometimes you can tell it's not, you know, maybe doesn't look as real, quotation marks, as CGI. I just like the, like, character it brings to the film. Yeah, it's just, like, an all-time classic, in my opinion. So, mm. I know this is the first time you've ever seen it. Yeah, this was actually the first time I've seen it. I mean, I'm glad I saw it. I knew it was, like, a classic horror movie. A zombie movie and I did like it uh overall I thought the plot was like pretty pretty decent like them kind of being holed up in this mall just trying to survive and then I can definitely see how this is like was really influential because like I can see like the influ it's influence in like other more modern stuff for sure the special effects also were like pretty like good i thought uh for like 1978 for sure like obviously they use practical practical effects but it looked good and like i mean it didn't always look like super realistic like the blood and stuff like you could tell that okay i mean obviously that's fake blood yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like i don't know i i like how it looked like yeah. them like i showed the zombies like eating like intestines and stuff and it, i mean it just looked cool yeah <laughs> yeah i think it gives it a certain stylized effect with like the super bright blood and versus like the like gray pale skin of the zombies and like has like a nice contrast yeah. yeah i feel like that was more of a stylistic choice because i think you probably could have gotten more realistic looking fake blood in 1978 uh -huh. but it seems more like a stylistic choice to me more than anything mm. to have the like sharp contrast in colors 
Yeah. The zombies also, I thought, looked pretty good. Like, just like the way their skin looked, it looked kind of, like, pale and they, like, looked like zombies. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, the plot overall was, like, pretty decent, like I said. I, I feel like I, it, personally, I feel like it got better as it went on. Like, um, for me, like, the, the beginning, like, before the, the group kind of sets off, uh, in the helicopter and goes to the mall, it, it was, like, a little hard to follow for me, uh, where, like, they showed, like, the police raiding the apartment and the, like, news station stuff at the beginning, and, uh, I just thought it got a little bit more interesting once, like, they got to the mall, but... Yeah, I I definitely like sort of the direction they uh, went with uh, some of the characters. Like uh, I forgot his name, but the the guy in the group that like he got turned into like a zombie, like maybe two thirds of the oh, way through. Roger. Roger. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like what they did with him. How he got like bit, and they show him um, like slowly getting worse, and then suddenly you just kind of see him be become like a full-on zombie and then it just show them it shows them burying him yeah it's like uh very quickly like you know his character kind of meets his end but i like how they uh the direction they went with him uh and then also um uh steven at the end like he also gets you know trapped in the elevator and turns into a zombie like i i didn't really see that coming like I thought he was going to be all right to, you know, till the end, but that was pretty interesting. And then like once he turned into a zombie, like I thought his acting was pretty good. Like it was a, like a stark contrast to like him as a human. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had like the weird like gait as he walked, like his foot was all crooked and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, I I can see why the movie gets like, you know, a lot of praise and it's considered a classic but i would i would say like for me i did like the movie but like i i wouldn't say i like loved it uh just because i guess i didn't feel like in like um like a ton of investment in the story like i was never really like bored or anything like i i liked the story and stuff but um yeah i guess i just didn't feel like um I guess a strong investment in the story and uh that's what kind of um held me back from loving it. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can definitely see where you're coming from. Like the characters like I said they're not super like well developed. It focuses on like the dynamic between all of them, but you don't really get to know any of the characters super well. Um yeah. they all feel kind of similar in that you know they're survivors and they're trying to survive. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's like there's like little things like Roger is cocky. That's what leads to him getting bit. He's like he's like cocky and like yeah. having fun killing the zombies, and that leads to him getting bit. Uh, like little details like that, but there's not a whole bunch of that for each character. Like they they just have like one or two like uh, like personality traits. They're yeah. not they're not super developed or anything. And so it makes the story feel. Um, like you said, like it, it could be hard to get into it. I can see where you're coming from. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I really like uh, like the look of the movie and just like the pace of the movie. I, like I like the beginning, how like the beginning is like really hectic and chaotically shot, 
to like simulate you know the breakdown of everything like i understand what you're saying like it's hard to follow but I, that definitely think that was intentional like it's supposed mm. to like put you in the moment like and feel how the characters are feeling as all this stuff is happening around them yeah. um and then you have like kind of like the slow build up uh to them getting to the mall and then like they they spend like a good portion of the time like securing the mall like they just the four of them are able to like completely lock this mall down and they go on like a shopping spree and you yeah. know like kind of live in like this little fantasy world where there's nothing to worry about and then it turns out that in the end the only thing that keeps them uh or the only thing that prevents them from you know continuing to live in this fantasy world is other people coming to you know basically wipe them out yeah. like the, the raiders are just there as like like a hostile force they don't have any good reason to come attack them other than they want to like they just want to ruin their time basically and it, i, I kind of see the raiders at the end of the movie as like a parallel to the zombies in a way like um the zombies are obviously like hostile towards the main characters uh for like like a base instinct reason like they want to feed they need to eat whereas the raiders are hostile in very similar ways but just because they want to be like they they don't have like a real reason to want to be hostile or need to be hostile they just find fun in it basically mm -hmm. and a lot of those themes i really like as well as it's got some like you know pokes at like capitalism and consumerism with like the mall and like having the zombies like shop once they finally break back into the mall they're like all wandering through the stores and looking at stuff and whatnot mm -hmm. Kind of surface level, like, satire of, you know, 70s America in a way. And lots of stuff like that. I can definitely say, though, yeah, if you're in it for the story alone, it is not really that kind of movie. Mm. I don't think. I got you. Yeah, I did like the uh, ending where, like, you see um, Peter tells Fran to just, like, go ahead and leave and leave him uh, and leave in the helicopter you see, like, Fran get in the helicopter, and she, like, takes off, uh, and then Peter is, like, inside, and he's, like, considering, like, shooting himself, and he's, like, basically kind of giving up, uh, but then, like, suddenly, he kind of, like, gets the energy to, like, keep going, and he, like, fights his way out to the, where the helicopter is, Fran, like, sees him, and, uh, lands again and he gets in and leaves with her yeah. which uh i thought was cool and then he's just like how much fuel do we have and she's like not a lot and she's like he's like all right and they just leave. <laughs> fly off yeah <laughs> uh that plays kind of into a theme parallel to like 28 days later i think of like hope like there's a scene in towards the like last half of the movie after they've really settled in at the mall where they've been watching like a tv and there's been like emergency broadcasts and the guy on the TV, I love the character on the TV, the, like, scientist with the eye patch. Oh, yeah. He's just, like, so goofy B-movie perfectly, like, encapsulates that era of movies. And uh, he's just, like, goofy in the best way possible, yelling about, you know, it's the rational thing to do. We just have to nuke him. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. um, but they've been watching these emergency broadcasts. And then it cuts to uh, uh, later, and it's been a couple days, and the TV's just all static. And Fran, like, says, you know, there hasn't been a broadcast in three days. Why do you have it on? And P uh, Peter's like, well, maybe they'll come back. And she goes over and turns the TV off to, like, say, you know, no, they're not coming back. Whereas Peter goes and turns it back on to say that, you know, 
he, he wants to stay here until things return to normal, basically. And yeah. Peter is the one that ends up, in the end, dying in the mall where he wanted to stay. Whereas Fran and... Um, not Pete, I've been saying the wrong name. Steven? Steven, yeah. Yeah. Steven is the one that turns the TV off. Um, and he's the one that ends up dying in the mall in the end because he wanted to stay in the mall, like in their safe space. Whereas yeah. Fran was the one that wanted to leave and try to find hope elsewhere. And she's the one that ends up getting out with Peter in the end. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like there was kind of a parallel with 28 Days Later where, like, the the humans are, like, the actual bad guys, not the zombies. Because, like, the raiders raid them at the towards the end. And, like, the zombies, like you said, are, like, they their instinct is obviously to, like, kill people and eat flesh. But the raiders... They're just trying to, like, attack them just because it's fun. So, yeah, I guess that I thought that was kind of a parallel between them. I will say, even though I really liked David Emge as Steven, like, his acting, like, the, the, the contrast between him as a human and then him as a zombie at the end, I feel like, character-wise, Peter is probably my favorite. His character, I think, is maybe the best developed over the course of the movie, where he starts out as, like, a, you know, like a military man... He's kind of got this like ominous introduction uh, when Roger runs into him at the beginning in the apartment scene. Yeah. And he starts off kind of standoffish and like the outsider in the group. And then eventually at the end you realize that he's like, he's like really got like a good heart at the end. Like he almost goes back for Steven when Steven gets attacked by the zombies. He has like, there's like this little scene in the hallway with yeah. some really great acting where he's like pacing back and forth trying, you, know, you can tell he's trying to, decide whether he should go for Fran or go for Peter or yeah. uh, Steven. Yeah. And so I just kind of really, I really like the way his character played out over the course of the movie. Yeah. I really like Peter too. He was probably my favorite character. Yeah. You could see like, he, he really just like cared for the others in the group. And yeah, he was a pretty good character. I do feel like, uh, Amal would probably be like the perfect place to stay in, in case of a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> like, it has kind of probably everything you would need, like food and supplies and stuff. Yeah, it's like the perfect setting for this kind of movie. Yeah. Because they have literally everything they could ever need in the mall. Right. And, yeah, even though they still have everything they need, it all falls apart in the end. Like, it didn't matter how well prepared they were. Yeah. It is cool, like, uh, there's a video game, Dead Rising... Yeah, uh, it yeah. like takes place inside a shopping mall. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. yeah, it's basically like a playable version of this movie, essentially, oh. <laughs> just a lot goofier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that just shows like the influence. It's like gone across media, like video games, movies, comic books. Like The Walking Dead probably owe a lot to this. Oh yeah, it's just like such a such a highly influential movie in mm. the history of like horror, entertainment, and media. Right. There are some kind of interesting ideas, like, with the zombies that are kind of toyed with in this movie and explored a lot more in uh, Day of the Dead, which is the sequel to this, where the zombies have, like, a, a memory of sorts of, like, their past life, and they can use, like, basic tools, will do things that they would have done in their past. Like, there's, like, a zombie that's, like, picking up a telephone off the wall towards the end of the movie... And a zombie that, like, carries around a gun like, for the majority of the movie when you see him. He's carrying his gun around. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a cool idea just in terms of, like, zombie 
mythos that's really explored a lot more in Day of the Dead. And so it's it's kind of cool to see like the seeds of those ideas here. And then if you watch Day of the Dead, see like where they take it in that movie. Mm. This is definitely my favorite George Romero movie, I would say. Like the out of the his zombie movies. Oh really? Um Yes, I, I think it's I think it's the best of the dead as far as any of the rest go. Hmm. It's uh, the only one I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get you to watch one other one. So yeah. you can say this is the best one. <laughs> we'll pick one of the really bad new ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point you made about the zombies not like really being a threat, uh, I, can, I definitely agree with that. Because like, most of the movie, when... They didn't really seem that, like, worried about the zombies, like, biting them or anything. Because they would be, like, surrounded by zombies and they would just kind of, like, fight them off. But they never really seemed that, like, scared. Unless, like, they got, like, bit, you know? Yeah. Which, like, happened with a couple of the characters. Yeah. It takes... It, yeah, it, it really seems to make a point of... Yeah, the zombies aren't a threat unless you just, like, get completely overwhelmed or you're, like, not paying attention. Like, yeah. one sneaks up on you. But, yeah, th this movie, to be, like, a zombie movie, really downplays the threat of the zombies. Mm -hmm. Which is something, like, the 28 Days Later really subverted with the fast zombies. The zombies are definitely a threat in 28 Days Later. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes that movie such like a classic zombie movie at this point is that it takes kind of the tropes of this movie and like flips them on their head mm -hmm. where it keeps, it keeps like the human element of, you know, the, the things that other humans do is, you know, very bad. Whereas it also has zombies that are like a very much a threat. Yeah. I feel like Steven at the end when he dies, like I feel like I could have been avoided because Peter tells him, Pretty, I'm pretty sure he tells him to just like, you know, stay away, go like, go hide or something. But then he like charges in with the gun and like confronts the raiders, and then eventually he gets like trapped in the elevator. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like if he hadn't been so like stubborn, I guess he could have probably survived. Survived. Yeah, he 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 basically falls prey to the same thing that Roger got killed by which is like his own like hubris because yeah. he he sees the raiders taking all this stuff that they've worked so hard to like maintain for themselves and he even like mutters under his breath he's like you know that's ours you can't take it yeah instead of you know thinking rationally like the guy on the tv said <laughs> <laughs> if they had just stayed hidden then the raiders would have come in taken whatever they wanted and left whereas steven decides to like start a firefight with them which is ultimately what leads he gets shot in the arm yeah. And then that ultimately leads to him getting trapped in the elevator with the zombies. Mm -hmm. That that kind of follows through with the same idea that, you know, you can be more of a threat to yourself than the zombies. Like, your own, like, mental state and how you think can yeah. be more detrimental to your own safety than the actual zombies themselves. Mm -hmm. Alright, so we'll wrap up this episode again to, with the ratings. Dawn of the Dead on IMDb has a 7.8 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 93% tomato meter and a 90% audience score. And on Rate Your Music, it has a 3.84 out of 5. 
And I feel like these high ratings are justified, in my opinion. Like I said, this is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I have, like, the theatrical poster, like, in a frame in my room on the wall. So I would probably give this, like, a like a nine and a half oh, <laughs> out of <wow>. ten. <laughs> yeah. It's just, ever since the first time I've seen it, I loved it. And the more I watch it, the better it gets. The more I find to appreciate about it. So. Wow. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> and I know when I first, the first time I saw it, I like got on a binge and like watched all of George Romero's zombie movies like in a row basically. Oh. And that really just solidified this one, especially once you get past the third entry, Day of the Dead. Uh, there's like a big gap and then he starts making the of the Dead movies again and the new ones are nowhere near as good as the first three. Hmm. And I think having that context really like elevated it in my mind. Yeah. Is was this this was the first movie of his you watched? No, the first I watched was Night of the Living Dead, oh, which is the first, nineteen sixty eight. I basically watched them in order. So. Oh, oh, okay. When did you watch this for the first time? Uh, I would have been in high school, probably. I don't even know. Twelve or thirteen years ago, mm-hmm. well, twelve fourteen years ago, something like that. Yeah. So cool. For me, I did like the movie, like I said. I thought, like, it was really well made. Like, the special effects and the story was pretty decent. Acting was good. Um, the zombies looked good. But, uh, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't I would say it's, like, um, you know, something I love or one of the, like, best horror movies I've seen. So, uh, I'll go with, like, like a 7.2, which, uh, you know... I definitely liked it, but, uh, and I, I know, like, I can see the influence it's had for sure, but like I said, I think it's just that, like, investment in the story that I, I felt was kind of missing for me a little bit, uh, which, I mean, you know, like you said, maybe that's not, wasn't, like, the goal of the movie, but, uh, yeah, I think that's what kind of holds it back for me, but overall, good movie for sure, and I'm happy I watched it. Check it off the list. Yeah. (laughs) Alright, so that's going to bring us to the end of the episode where we're going to say which of the movies we like more. I think based on our scores, this one's probably going to be pretty obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for me, 28 Days Later is like really incredible zombie movie that has stood the test of time and it's just a great watch. It's another one of those movies where if I watch it multiple times, I appreciate it more every time I see it. But... Just the sheer influence and, like, history I have with Dawn of the Dead is definitely going to give it to that for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish I could say it's a hard choice for me, but it really isn't. (laughs) Dawn of the Dead just easily wins for me. Yeah. Yeah, I get that for sure. You know, that makes sense with having that history, you know. I can see why people would, like, really like this movie. For me, uh, I would say I like 28 Days Later more. It's just, like, I feel like I felt more invested in, like, the characters and the storyline in that movie. I also feel like it kind of, like, hooked me, uh, like, pretty much immediately from, like, the opening scene. And uh, with Dawn of the Dead, it kind of took a little bit for me to kind of get interested. But, yeah, I mean, really, 28 Days Later probably wouldn't exist without Dawn of the Dead, so... There is that. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll go with 28 Days Later. All right, well, 
I'm glad you enjoyed Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. It's always good when, uh, you know, a movie you really like, you show it to someone else and they also like it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I went into it expecting that you probably wouldn't. Like, I honestly thought you might not like it as much as you did. Oh, really? Yeah, just because it's, you know, like an older movie. And like I said, there's not a lot of like narrative focus or like character focus. It's it's more about uh, like the ideas of the movie, and kind of like the the satire of American culture in the '80s or the yeah. '70s, like late '70s, early '80s. But yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I try to go in with an open mind. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I have a bit of a bias against like older movies, like a little bit, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, and like, you know, the beginning, it was like, uh, like I said, a little hard to follow, but yeah, overall, you know, as the movie went on, I definitely liked it. So, all right, well, that's uh, another episode where we each like the movie we picked better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, one of these days we'll pick the other person's movie. Yeah. We just got to get far enough into where we're not just picking movies that we love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for episode 14 of the As Of Yet Unnamed podcast. Uh, we'll probably be coming back again with another head-to-head episode here in October. We're going to try to get an, a second horror episode done yeah. for Halloween. So uh, look forward to that, and uh, we'll catch you later. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs>